Hi. Welcome to Creeps and Crime Storytime. My name is Charlie. My name is Sophie. And yeah, let's get in. Yeah. No bullshit. No. No bullshit. No bullshit. Let's get let's in right go. away. So today, yes, we're going to be hopping back across to America. Great. To Arizona. To 2008. Arizona's but, in Texas, right? No, Arizona's its own state. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking so, of somewhere else. Alabama. Or somewhere else. Is Alabama in Texas? Or is it another state? <laughs> Whoop! Actually, we are not from there. <laughs> As you can stop, tell. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. So before we get to Arizona in 2008, yes. which is the main chapter of our story, okay. we need to go back a little bit further to 1977. Okay. So we're going back to 77. So right. a couple living in Riverside, California, called Gary and Pamela Alexander, had eight children. Was one of them named Travis? Oh, it didn't take a very long. <laughs> oh, it didn't take a very long. So I've been very, very coy about what this episode you is. You have. You've been like, you know it. I've been like, you know this case. I know you know it. it. You give a shit. You, you have a lot of opinions, but I've refused to tell what it is. Yeah, so, I've never refused to like ask. So didn't asked. take you very fucking long. We're one minute and seventeen seconds in. So, their family life was not the best. Mm -hmm. Gary and Pamela were addicted to drugs. I think it was crystal meth. And they were often very unstable at home. So, the children would often be left... And it sounds like they did a lot for meth. So, their children (laughs) would often be left at home alone for long periods of time, sometimes Mm. without food. And there was fucking eight of them. A lot of neglect. Yeah. So, as well as general neglect, (laughs) the eight children would sometimes experience physical abuse at their mother's hands, which is not great. So, in 1988, the children's paternal grandmother stepped in and took them all in to live with her in Utah, as Ah. their family home was so difficult. So, this included 11-year-old Travis. So, he and his siblings got along much better living with the grandparents. Everything was much better. So, there was a huge shift in their lives, obviously. Yeah. Because they... Yeah. They'll be able to, like, mentally breathe. Exactly. So, But they went Mm. from going hungry and lonely to having structure and routine and And care. Now, Mm. I said they packed up and went to Utah. Sophie, what does Utah have lots of? Corn. Maybe. (laughs) Corn. Mormons. Mormons. <laughs> so, it has Mormons. It so, has Travis's Mormons. grandparents were also extremely religious. They were they devout were. Mormons. Mm-hmm. So, this must have been quite a culture shock for the children. Oh, for sure. But yeah. Travis was super fucking into it. He seemed to dive in headfirst into I mean, his new life. Just like I just dove headfirst into this podcast episode. I was like, we're starting I've immediately. Been. So he was eager to leave behind the pain and neglect that he'd experienced with his parents before. He was yeah. like, fuck this, I'm starting a new thing. And as Travis got older, he got more and more involved with the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. So his grandmother was so passionate about her faith yeah. and she nurtured it in him. That's so good. it could grow because he had that positive religious... And he's not like a disappointing meth child. No, like, he's not. He's really are. like, fuck he's it, flourishing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make something yeah. of myself. I'm going to be a, be a fucking Mormon. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what he wanted to do. Rocket. So he even went on mission trips with other members of his local Mormon community. That's cool. So one such mission was to Denver, Colorado, where he ended up staying from 1996 all the way through to 1998. So he Ooh. was on this mission for two years. He went with one Mormon friend. And every few months they would like swap companions. So each of them got to do the mission with different people. So like like every two months they sort of like rotated. So then they get to hang out with each other. Um, If you've ever seen Mormons doing their thing, you'll know that there's a dress code. There is. There's the dark trousers, the white shirt and the tie. Mm, They'd get up super early at the ass crack of dawn. They'd have Mm. breakfast, study scriptures. Then they'd head out to knock on doors and try and convert people. Yeah. He did that for two years and he 
fucking loved it. That's a lot of public speaking. Yeah, he was really into it. Yeah. He loved going out and basically just like harassing people and <clears throat> trying to sell them shit. He yeah, was really that's, into that's it. That's business. It, but that's what he wanted. He loved that side of being yeah. a Mormon. He loved trying to basically ram his ideas down other people's throats. Yeah, and be really social with it. Yeah, but he was able to easily... He was convincing. Yeah, he was able to easily just go out and... He was a smooth talker. Yeah, he could do it. Mm. Um, And he loved doing it. So he was really sociable and found that part of the job very exciting. And he genuinely loved the Mormon church. That's really cute. You have to remember how shitty his childhood was. Yeah. And because his grandparents, like, scooped him out of that and took him off to Utah, which Mm -hmm. is Mormon Central, he felt like that faith literally saved him from the abuse and neglect. I mean, it kind of did. It kind of did, yeah. Like, the presence of it there in his life. Yeah, and my next line is, and in a way it did. Oh! (laughs) So much so that his dad actually passed away from drug-related complications in 1997, weirdly on Travis's 20th birthday. And this was oh. halfway into his mission. He carried on with his mission. He didn't even go home. On during the mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but he was like, Yeah. Wow. And he just carried on. You know what power to him? Yeah, but he was so devoted to this new lifestyle that he was like yeah. fuck it, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, but his dad treated him like absolute shit. Exactly. That's and he thing. made his priorities and he mm-hmm. chose Yeah. Mormon. Yeah, Mormon. Which is like, yeah. Fair enough. So he moved to Southern California after the mission was done. And he got a job with a company called Prepaid Legal, which is actually a multi-level marketing scheme. A marketing scheme. So, multi-level marketing scheme is just a fancy name for a pyramid scheme. Yeah, I was thinking they're really fucking shady. So, multi-level marketing MLMs. Also, I'm going to refer to it as MLMs. They are fucking awful. They're shady. I hate them. They're They're very predatory. Yeah, very predatory. And I looked into this when I was writing, and multi-level marketing jobs are really prevalent in the Mormon community. Oh. That really into wow, they're just MLMs. Rampant. They just love pyramid schemes. Isn't, so um, it's it's a real thing. It's not I'm sorry, not just no. was Shannon Watson a company yes. like that. Yeah she yeah. was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so a huge part of the Mormon faith is conveying people. Mm, which means being able sure. to talk to people and sell them an idea. So being able to talk to a stranger and sell them an idea or a product or a lifestyle is a really important skill to have if you're a Mormon because that's what they love to do. So sales jobs are very attractive to Mormons for this reason. Yeah, it's good practice. Yeah, so it's good to... <laughs> so yeah, but it's it's a very... You have the right Like if you there. have those skills, mm-hmm. they tend to put them to use and work in sales. Not only that, but Mormons tend to live and socialise in quite tight-knit groups. And this, uh, one of the most popular sales tactic taught people that have been sucked into MLMs is mm. to sell to your friends and family so just shill your shit to your family wow. okay um, um, it's basically just guilt tripping them into buying your shit like already oh. Mormons no I mean like to <laughs> your fellow Mormons they all just oh, do it to wow. each other yeah okay um <clears throat> <laughs> thirdly so yeah. Mormons have really traditional gender roles and we are going to get more into that as we go mm. through this yes, um and Lots of Mormon women will stay at home and raise children, mm-hmm. right? But obviously, these days, it's quite difficult to be um, a family with only a single earner. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's quite hard. It's too expensive for lots of people to do that. So the stay-at-home moms need some way of making money. Yeah. And a lot of multi-level marketings try and rope in women by getting them to shill cosmetics, oh. weight loss supplements, and other mm. random shit by touting how you can work from home. They and it's all that, that stuff on Instagram, like, oh, make so many dollars from your house every yeah, day. Just with buy... this purple card. Yeah, oh, <laughs> fucking purple. <laughs> if you want a laugh, just Google yes. the hashtag, like, unique or purple card on Instagram. Because unique is one of the worst multi level marketing it shouldn't things. be real but and it's just the amount of women that are like oh my god i treated myself to a frappuccino today With thanks to my purple card and, and it's like 
Yeah, but the amount of, like, your own product that you had to buy, mm-hmm. that and you've then, like, paid hundreds of dollars for it. to earn yourself a Frappuccino. Yeah. And it's, like, just... Yeah, anyway, sorry, I'm going massively off topic. Um, what was I up to? Moments. Yeah, so, anyway, Travis started working for this multi-level marketing called Prepaid Legal, and he was really good at it. So mm. he was really good at this. Um, he stuck with it for a number of years, and by the time it got to 2006, he was doing seriously well for himself. Right, gotcha. So he had actually started doing motiv- motivational speeches for the company, and Ooh. it was at one such event in Las Vegas in Nevada in September of 2006 that we're going to go to. Mm-hmm. So each event starts with a banquet on Thursday night, yeah. and the riding, <laughs> rising stars of the company are all given extra tickets. They're given like plus one tickets. Events are always good when they start with food. I think so. I think every event should start they, with food. Just do. like some kind of like snack. Exactly, like a treat. Yeah, but this started with a banquet. Mm. And oh. all the important people were given extra tickets and Travis was one of these plus <laughs> one people. Did say extra banquets? <laughs> I was like, sign me up. I'm in so, the scheme now. Most people use these tickets for their other halves, but Travis was single at this point. Oh. However, some of the guys he worked with told him that they'd just recruited a new girl who was really hot. And that she should, Ooh. that Travis should take her instead. It was a hottie. Yeah. Um, so Travis Alexander was introduced to a pretty petite blonde woman called Jodie Arias, and the two hit it off immediately. Mm-hmm. In fact, by the end of the convention on Sunday, Travis was telling his mates that he'd met the woman he was going to marry. Aww. It took him from Thursday to yeah. Sunday That's to like decide that he seconds. wanted to marry this woman. <laughs> but who was Jodie Arias? Let's get into it. Fine. <laughs> So she's three years younger than Travis, having been born in 1980, and she grew up in Wairika, California. Mm. So she was only six when she got in trouble for hitting her younger brother in the head with a baseball bat. Bitch. And her childhood babysitter will go on to recall that Jodie was, quote, an exceptionally aggressive child. She probably bit her on the ankles. Maybe. So this aggression would continue into her teenage years. Her mum, Sandy, has documented that she'd been pushed, kicked, and punched by her daughter. I was going to say, she sounds like she grew up to be a bully. So, like, Jodie has always said that she had, like, a really traumatic childhood. She said that she was, like, there was, like, abuse at home and stuff. But there's not really anything to support that Mm, at all. Um, Taking that with a pinch of salt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really think that there was a lot. Because it seems like she definitely grew up with like quite a lot of privilege. It sounds like she was the abuser. Yeah, it sounds like she really? was kind of a dick most of the time. Yeah. Um, when Jodie was 14, she got into trouble for growing weed in her attic in her <laughs> mom's Tupperware. <laughs> That's really funny. So like, I've got to say funny. that it's, it's quite inventive. Yeah, sure. But she got in trouble for she it. She probably Googled it and got yeah, it off somewhere so, else. Well, not really, because this was like... She was 15, that's like 1995. Yeah. So most people didn't have the internet at home in 1995, so you couldn't really Google it. I don't want to give her credit, though. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying it's inventive. It is inventive. Um, she was actually kicked out of school for this, and her parents called the police on her. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. since then, she never Oof. trusted her mum and dad with anything, because they had the nerve to call the police on their daughter I mean, for doing something illegal on their property. Well, yeah, I mean... I can under I can see why she'd be pissed at them because she'd, she'd be like, "This is my house and I can do what I want. If I want to do this my in weed. my attic, it's my weed, and your Tupperware, but it's now my Tupperware. <laughs> um, I'm a teenager and I can do what I want." But yeah, she was you basically know, just a real asshole about it. Yeah. Um, the following year, like she it. dated a guy called Bobby Juarez. Hawar- Hawar- fuck. She- 
<laughs> Juarez. Yeah, he's okay. right. I really struggled she with that for some reason. Guy. She dated a guy called Bobby Juarez, and I'm just going to call him Bobby now. Good. So he was 18 and she was 15. Okay. And he was kind of a goth guy. Oh, that's so fun. this is California, so it's really fucking hot. And yeah. he'd wear like a shirt and a trench coat. Oh, yeah. he's sweaty. Yeah, probably. Like but she was enamored by it because he was kind of weird. And yeah, she liked weird. that. Although their romance did not last very long because it was only a couple of months later that Bobby said he wanted to marry his 15-year-old girlfriend. <laughs> he wanted to marry her, yeah. move to San Francisco and spend the rest of their lives hunting vampires. That's that's a great idea if she wasn't 15. Going to hunting hunt vampires? something that isn't real. <laughs> I mean, they've been doing it for a while before they yeah, found be a anything. Long time. Um, be a very... I mean, she thought, even she thought, this is too intense for me. That's so it's she like broke a it off. Type of and her, he was so devastated that apparently he slit his wrists. Oh, so apparently, <laughs> no, apparently, okay. about a, a year there. later, they started dating again. Ooh. So he didn't dodge it for so very like long. The thought of vampire yeah, and then when she was seventeen, she dropped out of high school and lived <gasps> in a trailer with Bobby and oh his roommate God. Matt McCartney. So, so she worked as a waitress at Denny's to pay their bills. Although, because mm. obviously they lived in a trailer, there wasn't a huge amount in outgoings. But she mm. was basically working at Denny's to pay for all that shit, mm. like a dumbass. Why aren't they vampire hunting? I don't know. So Same she snooped him. through his emails one day and found that he was sending romantic emails to another woman. So <gasps> she split up with him and started dating his roommate Matt instead. Ooh. I know, so there's like trouble in the trailer. Wow. There's like some drama going some on drama. between there's these like four little walls. <laughs> be- be- between these tin walls, there's some yeah. drama going on. So her- she and Matt moved out into an apartment together, although he okay. too was seeing someone else. Oh no. So Jody found out where this woman Bianca lived and drove 70 miles to show up at her apartment. Wow. So Jody uh, got the confirmation she wanted. Bianca was like, Yeah, I'm dating nice. him. Um, but she still remained friends with benefits with Matt. So she was still sleeping with him. Let's see that. For some fucking reason. So by the time 2002 rolls around, her Mm. and Matt have moved south to central California and they both interviewed to work at a hotel and spa, right? Okay, yeah. So a guy called Daryl Brewer interviews them and hires them both and they live on site. There's like a campsite um, on the resort that's designated to staff members and they Mm -hmm. live there. Cool. Uh, By the end of the year, Jodie is dating Daryl, the guy that hired them. Not Matt. No, so oh. she's now dating the manager. That's not how you get a promotion. <laughs> well, he actually moved into a new position, so he's not working directly with her. Mm. Um, he was considerably older than her as well. So at this point, yeah. Jody was 22 and he was 42. Ah, he also has a three-year-old son, Jack, good. from a previous marriage. Mm. So the relationship actually goes quite well, and three years later, the couple buy a house in Palm Desert in California. Wow. Um, in February 2006, so they've been dating for a few years, she quits her job at the California Pizza Kitchen and starts to work for prepaid legal, and she was struggling to pay her half of the mortgage on her wages. Oh, no. So a friend recommended to work for PPL because, um, like, you could get more money Is doing, like, sales and stuff. A moment. I don't know. Um, So she went to the convention in Vegas and that's where she met Travis. Travis's friend Sky Mm. Hughes even lent Jodie a dress for the occasion. And it seemed perfect because like these two young people both wanted to like go out and make money and they seemed to have like quite similar like aspirations. And the chemistry was like instant. Yeah. It was like, bam. Poof. Yeah, they were just like stuck to each other the whole weekend. They couldn't stop talking. There's like photos of them and they look really cute. And everyone was like, this is great. But Mm. one glaring detail about Jodie made her seem as though she was not an appropriate match for Travis. She was not Mormon. 
So as we already know, Travis is massively passionate about his faith and it's basically a requirement for him that a partner must also be Mormon. Yeah, that's fine. So he and Jody talked about this after only knowing each other for three months, right? So they were so they'd only known each other for three months. Can you just remind me, is she single at this point? Uh, yeah, still... because, well, her relationship with Daryl kind of, I forgot, Darryl, sorry, I forgot to mention it. that. So her relationship yeah. with Daryl kind of fizzled out by the time she got to Vegas because they both sort of wanted different things. She was struggling mm. to pay the bills. They weren't having sex anymore. And it mm. just kind of died. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, it just kind of died at Okay, death. so she's available. Yeah. And she's found kind of. this beautiful Mike Yeah. Travis. Um, okay. So, yeah. So they only knew each other for three months and Jody travelled to Travis's Mormon temple and he actually baptised her to the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. It's really cute. It's kind of weird in my opinion. You've hey. known each other for three months. And then he baptises you. Yeah, like, it's like, come on. Water from Jesus on you. I'm just like, like no. So there's a photo of them both from this day and it's actually a really nice photo because they're both wearing white. They both look really happy. Is Jody actually looks beautiful. Like, she, she looks does. beautiful. Yeah. Um, I wish I could say that this was the beginning of a beautiful love story with a happy ending and I didn't need to do a podcast episode about it. Mm-hmm. But I can't. Here we are. Yeah. I do want to think about this event for a moment. So being converted into a new faith and yeah. taking a new plunge with a religious lifestyle, it's a massive life event. It is. It's a yeah. huge thing. Especially a faith like Mormonism, which requires a lot of dedication and a lot of commitment. Definitely. So the fact that she took this life change on so easily, mm. after only knowing this guy for three months, to me it speaks a lot about how Jody makes decisions. Like, like being a bit reckless with it. Yeah. She's very suddenly just deciding on a whim to become a Mormon. Yeah, like, yeah sure, I'll do that. Because, I mean, like, people don't tend to be casually Mormon. Yeah. They're either not Mormon at all mm-hmm. or really fucking Mormon. Yeah. There's not really much of an in-between. different religions where they're fairly lax with it. Yeah. You can't do that with Mormonism. It doesn't like seem like people do tend to be lax with Mormonism. Exactly. Like, That's what I'm it saying. Just, yeah, it just That's doesn't seem just, to be it's like not applicable that. to that. Yeah. Um, she obviously heard a lot from Mormonism from Travis as the two were in constant contact. Mm. But I think it's safe to say that she rushed this decision. And yeah, as we said earlier, <laughs> Jody had basically cycled through boyfriends since she was 15. Mm-hmm. So she'd gone through relationship to relationship to relationship without really thinking thinking about any of it, just hopping from boy to boy. And which is fine, everyone's different, but it speaks to me how she had to have a boyfriend. Yeah. She liked to have men like do things for her, she liked the constant attention, and it became abundantly clear to Jody that to keep Travis engaged and like wanting her, mm-hmm. to see her as a potential romantic partner instead of just a friend with benefits, she had to be a woman. Mm-hmm. So she went ahead and she was like, Yep. Baptize me. <laughs> so once baptized, Jody became baptized. pretty immediately obsessed with the Mormon religion. with the faith so she would talk about her faith pretty frequently in the events during and after our story takes place so she would just bring up mormonism quite a lot um insisting in a social setting that she would talk about the book of mormon and she'd say like oh yeah of course i'm really good because like you know whenever i'm with friends i always talk about the book of mormon it sounds like she's using that as a scapegoat it's a constant backup like a fail safe oh but i'm mormon so you know it's not that bad yeah, I think I don't think scapegoat is the right word that you're yeah, looking I for. Think but I feel I got it on she uses, the second word. <laughs> yeah, so she uses Mormonism as kind of like a crutch. Yeah. To yeah, show exactly. like mm-hmm. this this thing that's really serious and important is yeah. keeping me up as like a very upstanding, it's sensible person life. that would never I'm do anything wrong. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, but how much of, also how much of this is genuine passion and how much is due to her intense desire to manipulate others into liking her and also maintaining her image as a very pure, innocent girl who could do nothing wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest movement principles, one of the, oh, fuck, let me start again. One of the biggest Mormon principles is chastity. So right. no sex of any kind, no at least form. not until no. you're married. That's, so that's Mormons place an enormous amount of value on a person's virginity. It's a huge fucking thing. If your mom and buddies find out that you've been sleeping with your girlfriend, the least thing that's going to happen is that your friends and family are going to think less of you. Mm, so be it. That's the that's the last thing. So your social standing in your community is going to be diminished. Mm. That's going to happen. If, you're, if your friends and family <laughs> have very little in the way of empathy for you, wanting to mm. explore and learn about yourself sexually, you might even be excommunicated. Yeah, I was going to say, you'll probably get excited. And like you said just then, like, just get married really quickly. They fucking mm. do. Like, the reason that a lot of people in these sort of, like, Mormon communities get married really young is because they're already fucking horny. Yeah. They all want to have sex, but they know that they can't have sex until they're married. So they end up getting married at, like, 18. They're like, fine, we'll obey that rule, but yeah. to our advantage. And then they get married really young, yeah. they pop out loads of kids, and then they just, like... <laughs> no, no, no! And it seems like a lot of their relationships are quite, like, not that healthy. Yeah. Like, sex is a priority, everything else is just... Not that sex is a priority, but just because it's so taboo, you have to make this legal, lifelong commitment in order to have sex with each other, and that just seems really stupid. But anyway, Mm, you do what makes you happy. It's just different to us. Like, yeah, to me, it it seems like surely it's healthier for young people and for society for you to just safely have sex without feeling pressure to get married. Yeah, but everyone's different. I know. I know you'll be... Weirdly, you're being very politically correct this time. And diplomatic, not politically correct. I think you're being there a little bit There may be Mormons listening to this. In which case... Be polite. No, I was just <laughs> going to say, like, in which case, do you think it's weird that Jodie got baptised after only three months of knowing this guy? Yeah. Like, if there are any Mormons, I'd be very yeah. interested to know how you feel about Jodie Arias and her baptism. Yeah, that would be... I'd be quite like interested in that. Unlike her joining in general... Yeah. And constantly talking about it. Yeah. You know, like, it's part of my life. I feel, though, like, the way I was talking about moments early, if there are any listening, they'll have switched off by now. I know, but you can... I feel you like I already fucked that. I burnt that bridge anyway. <laughs> like, Very that's, quickly. That's well gone. Um, what was I... Where was I up to? Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, so chastity super serious virginity mm. really serious yeah. and obviously Travis had an excellent reputation in the church so mm-hmm. he was actually a Mormon elder he was actually an elder Ooh. which is why he was allowed to baptise Jody because he was like a, yeah. an elder um, that's cool despite the fact that at this point he was only like 30 that's too um, cool though I like that so despite having um, <laughs> this sort of standing in the church he'd actually slept with one of his previous girlfriends and spoken to his bishop about it because he said that he was concerned and worried about it so he spoke to his bishop and he was like hey i fucked my girlfriend (laughs) i'm really sorry what do i do about this it's really tmi (laughs) it's a very personal thing yeah but that's to a bishop yeah but that's like follow the rules i think but it's like because obviously in catholicism with bishops you're not very close to your bishops but i think because where the Mormon community is so small Mm. their bishops are kind of more like Maybe a bit more like priests, where you have like your own, mm. and you kind of you're yeah, like that's that. like the head of your little community, yeah, and you can talk it. to them, approach them about stuff. I think okay. yeah. that's how it works. It's not like in Catholicism where a bishop is like head of lots of different parishes, yeah. and you don't really get to meet them. No, I don't think it works like that. Um, so I think part of his friendship group knew that Travis was not a virgin, but part of his friendship group didn't know that. Mm, so those okay. that didn't know, yeah, just 
thought that he was a total virgin, which is great. But those that did know that Travis had sex previously did kind of look at him a bit different for it. So, but they saw somebody who was decent and a lot of interviews with Travis's friends, they talk about him as if he's kind of like a saint. And they'll talk about, yeah, but because of how passionate about his faith, he was obviously an elder in the Mormon group. He was very devout, Mm. but they sort of view it as like he was having difficulty with avoiding a particular sin. So they didn't see him as a young person who just wanted to explore and get to know themselves. They saw him as quite a tragic figure. So, which (laughs) I feel like it's, I don't know, some of the way that is like Travis's friends portray him. Obviously, you always want to portray your friends in the best light, but the way that some of them talk about him kind of rubs me the wrong way because it's like he couldn't they sort of say it like he couldn't do anything wrong he was this really tragic saintly figure Mm. who like you know was really struggling with this like addiction and then somebody came along and made it worse and all this stuff and it's not like travis made bad choices they're saying kind of like bad things happened to him and he was perfect Ah. and that's kind of kind of taking the responsibility of his actions away from him precisely yeah so they're not really seeing it as like Travis made some of these choices Mm. they're kind of saying like the choices happened to him yeah Yeah. which I get that you always want to look at the best side of your friends and I'm not saying don't stick up for your friends but also like everyone's human everyone makes choices so even after the story unfolds Travis Mm. and his desire to have sex are painted as something to be pitied something that makes him a tragic troubled person going through inner and moral turmoil instead of someone completely normal yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Just, it's, it's a normal thing to do as it is. Yeah, human, so his friends it? have actually spoken as well about how Travis loved to, like, date and he loved to flirt, but he struggled at being in, like, close relationships with people because he wanted to get married. He wanted yeah. to do the whole temple thing, but he wasn't sure who to settle down with. So his friends definitely believed that he was with Jodie out of convenience because she was there. Uh-huh. And after yeah. all, she wasn't a typical Mormon girl who would insist on chastity because Jodie hadn't grown up with those moral obligations like mm-hmm. Travis did. So, and Travis was more than okay with this. I'm just saying, like, he wasn't like, oh no, we can't have sex because the Heavenly Father will smite me. He was yeah. like, okay. Let's get to it. Yeah. So <laughs> one of his friends, Chad Perkins, said, quote, I think, tra- yeah, I think Travis loved the ladies and I think having a woman who was gorgeous really fed into Travis's ego a lot, end mm. quote. It probably did. So basically, as soon as they met, even before she was baptized, Travis and Jodie started having sex immediately. <gasps> so this Naughty. is not a big deal for us, obviously, but this was a huge cultural no-no for Travis. But yeah. he didn't really seem to care. So he would rather have a sexual relationship with Jodie than stick exception. to his Mormon principles. Mm. I mean, okay. not really an exception because he did it before. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, for women in general. He's like, this is the one thing I can indulge myself in for everything else, Mormon. I mean, I guess so. It's just kind of hypocritical to me, though. That, like, if you have a faith and you're going to pick and choose which aspects of it you want based on what you want. Yeah. It's kind of... I don't know. So, two months in... um, Two months, actually, and one week after Jodie was baptised and she um, she and Travis started dating officially rather than just casually seeing each other they became boyfriend and girlfriend so jody was a super affectionate girlfriend and she loved having a boyfriend so she doted on him completely Mm -hmm. and it's definitely not too much to say that she was actually a bit obsessed with him and this went both ways so this went both ways it's not like she was messaging him constantly and whatever like he was messaging her constantly they were both both obsessed yeah it was very intense so the initial honeymoon phase of the relationship was super passionate they would stay up to like 4am talking on the phone between their visits between Arizona and California because obviously she lives in California he lives in Arizona so they'd stay up on the phone to like 4am all the time 
Um, and actually, rather than going all the way to each other's houses, the two would meet halfway at the home of Chris and Sky Hughes. So, that makes sense. Um, Sky Hughes is the one who lent Jodie the dress for the banquet. Ah, yeah, that And right. Chris is one of Travis's buddies anyway. So that's how they kind of got introduced. Mm. Um, and their house was a handy halfway point, so the two would stay there with the married couple. And sometimes this would be for, like, weeks at a time. Wow. So consequently, Chris and Sky saw a lot of the relationship and how it developed and began to unfold, Ooh, which okay. is really interesting. Okay. Um, they organised separate bedrooms for the two to sleep in because they were also Mormon. So oh, yeah. Chris and Sky were yeah. very Mormon. Keep so they had separate. two separate bedrooms, and I can only imagine that they didn't want any sinning under their roof. No. However, this Oops. did not stop the young couple from having sex, and the two had a very passionate sex life mm-hmm. um at first chris and sky thought very highly of jody because she was clearly very intent on making sure that their friend and her boyfriend was happy yeah that's what she seemed to want however it would not be that long before they got before they and some of travis's other friends began to notice some red flags oh, no. so i said earlier when jody got baptized that she liked to tell people how devout she was mm-hmm. um and but this seemed to be rather than practicing all the principles in her everyday life, she just liked to talk about it yeah, instead. Yeah, just reciting it. Yeah, so she would sort of flout how religious she was. Mm. And some of Travis's friends have since spoken that when they would have like social gatherings and parties at their house, instead of joining in and having a drink or having snacks or whatever, Jodie would take the Book of Mormon in her hands and pace around the room reading it. So That's while they were so on the sofa, chewy. so when they, yeah, so while they were on the oh. sofa just like having a beer watching TV, she'd like yeah. walk around the room like in laps around the sofa just reading That's really scriptures. Cringy. It's really fucking cringy. That's embarrassing. Yeah. So this seemed to be in an effort to prove to Travis and his friends how seriously she took the religion. Yeah. And it's as though she was trying to sort of say, I definitely belong in this group. Look how devout and serious I am about being a Mormon. Mormon. Yeah. I'm not having a day. When really, it just ended up looking really bizarre because they were trying to chill out. Yeah. Um, Having wind down time. Exactly. Apparently not, though. Not Jodi Arias. The couple had only been dating for a few months and Chris and Sky noticed how whenever there was a social gathering, especially if there were women present, Jodi always had to be sitting right next to Travis. Travis, like basically on him at the hip yeah. yeah so she would also like as well there was a time when they um jody and travis and chris and sky were in like a hot tub together just having a little chat and a chill yeah. and jody was like making out with him and oh, sucking on his oh, neck and all this stuff so and they were like in front of people. does she not even know that we're fucking sat here with them yeah and it's like but she would do that like all over him all the time just to mark a territory basically yeah Mm-hmm. just that so not only this but even if you went to the bathroom she would follow him and wait outside <laughs> so if he went like she would eavesdrop on his phone calls and she would go through his phone and read his emails and text messages how insecure you gonna be she even told Sky Hughes that she would go through Travis's email account and take pictures of his emails so she had a list of other women he was talking to I mean bearing in mind the ex-boyfriend she's had I kind of understand the email thing but then you know, you learn from your past relationships and you learn to trust people you currently have in your life. I so guess so. I you of, learn to, yeah. like, I know that she's been cheated on before, yeah. but rather than just not trusting any future partners, I think that the best thing to do from that is to spend more time making sure the people that you date are trustworthy. Exactly. Rather than just diving in and checking everyone's fucking emails. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so the thing is, like, she wasn't subtle about any of this. She was really, like, obvious about it. Well, she it. was making out with him in a hot tub. Yeah, and Chris and Sky people. both noticed her obsessive, controlling, stalkerish behaviour was getting worse. I mean, oh, she was following him to the bathroom in case he called that another girl on his phone while he was pooping. 
<laughs> like, what the fuck, Jody? The thing Maybe. is, Travis probably was talking to other girls because he was a huge fucking flirt. And all he his was. friends at Prepaid Legal knew that he would often flirt during conferences and motivational speech sessions with female yeah. members of the audience. Mm. He was really chatty with women. And it's likely that Jody knew this too because. Yeah, it's a good selling point. Yeah, and to be she honest. probably hated it because, yeah. after all, his charm worked on her. Mm-hmm. But it seems as though she didn't want it to work on other women around him in his sphere. So she would tell everyone that she met that she was his girlfriend. And it was massively wow. important to her for everyone to know that it they were dating. had to be known. Yeah. Okay. So after they started officially being boyfriend and girlfriend at the beginning of February 2007, mm. this behavior just kept on creeping up. It just got Ooh. worse and worse and worse and more intense. And I also want to say that Travis did not seem to really mind that much. Oh. He was also super intense. So he didn't, like, go through her emails and, like, follow her to the bathroom and stuff. Mm. But he was, like, calling her all the time, messaging her all the time. He was always wanting to have sex with her. He was always, like, sending her dirty messages and trying to, like... Mm. Every time they were away from each other, he'd be blowing up her phone. It's not like she was a psycho and he was, like, just this innocent... Just oblivious to it all. Exactly. It Um, was very back and forth. Very much so. Mm. Um... Jody didn't show any signs of slowing down when it came to keeping traps. Traps. <laughs> when it came to keeping tabs on, on Travis. Fucking hell. <laughs> so the final fuck. <laughs> so the final straw for the obsessive relationship came in June 2007. So their official relationship didn't last all that long. Oh. It was only from February to June. So they were dating for five oh, months. Yeah. Okay. Five months. Five months. It was just really unhealthy. It wasn't long. It was it just unhealthy. Yeah. So this incident once again happened at Chris and Sky's house. And they have since told the story of this in multiple interviews, both of them have. Mm. So it really does highlight Jodie's behaviour. It's the perfect little summary of all the bullshit that she totally normalised. Yeah. So they were both at Chris and Sky's house. Yeah. Everything seemed normal, or at least their version of normal. Yeah, of course. And um, so... Chris and Sky had decided that enough was enough. They wanted to sit him down and give him a serious talking to, kind of like an intervention. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes when you're dating someone and you have an amazing sex, you're passionate, you find it hard to see flaws or unreasonable behavior. Mm-hmm. But his friends could fucking see you it. Those roses yeah. Their glasses and on. they had tried talking sense into him before, but he just brushed it off. Mm-hmm. And Sky even told Travis once that she was afraid one day he was going to end up chopped up in her freezer. This time they were serious. one hell of a thing to say. Yeah. So they took Travis into one of the bedrooms in the house, leaving Jodie downstairs. I'd like to think this was proper, like, intervention style. They were all in a circle, looking serious. Anyway, so they told him again of all of her creepy, unstable behaviour. Yeah. They needed Travis to know how important this was. Mm -hmm. And they began to convince him that following him to the bathroom, reading his emails, eavesdropping phone calls... It wasn't just an every so often thing. It was constant and it yeah. was not healthy. No, so the three normal. of them were sat on Chris and Sky's bed and the pair were telling Travis how worried they were for him. Mm-hmm. Then Sky held her finger up to her lips like this and yeah. mouthed the words, she's out there, pointing at the door. Mm. So to check whether Sky was right, Travis went to the door and opened it really quickly. Yeah. And there Jodie was, leaning towards the door That's with so her creepy. ear, eavesdropping on their conversation. It's like a jump scare from a film. Yeah, like, but can I'm you sorry, imagine just everyone going really quiet yeah. and her just pointing to the door and she's fucking there listening? Because you listen and then just hear nothing and be like, oh no, she's not there. Yeah. About. And then to um, go up and see that yeah. she's actually there. Oof. So Sky took Jodie to one side downstairs and laid it out for her. 
So they were talking for ages, and Sky yeah. was like, "We don't want you in our house anymore." And I'm oh, going to so tell Travis how creepy. Oh, she went off, and yeah. she was like, "I'm going to tell Travis that you're a terrible match for him. I want you out of my fucking <laughs> wow. house." Um, and Jody took the message. She went back to California. So once she was gone and not around him constantly, Travis yeah. then broke up with Jody, and that's when their relationship ended. Yeah. Okay. So he started seeing other girls casually, but he couldn't shake Jodie. The two just had so much chemistry. From when they met in September 2006 to the last days together in June 2008, they exchanged 82,000 emails. The memory storage, that must take up. Yeah, 82,000. So I did some math. There are around 625 days that Travis and Jodie knew each other. And that works out at a little over 131 emails per day. (laughs) Wow. That's obviously an average. So like, some days well would have been less, though, some days more, but still, the that's the averages. That's, as well as it, like, yeah. staying up on the phone till 4 a.m. That's 82,000 email addresses over yeah. 620. That's, it's literally that over 131 like, emails per day. It sounds like any amount of attention Jody could get would never be enough. Yeah, basically. All of that. He would have to literally more. be, like, holding on to her somewhere. Yeah. And just talking constantly at her. Yeah. And that's what she would want. Yeah so That's we have got a round of multiple choice oh yay we've got so the question after travis broke up with jody yeah. what did she do less than one month later less than one month a later. Okay. so um so less than a month yeah after him dumping her yeah a she proposed to him and offered him her <laughs> grandfather's old wedding ring oh. b she moved a thousand miles to mesa arizona to live a 15 minute drive from his house <laughs> c she snuck into his house to steal his things and sell them on eBay. Or D, she threatened to kill herself and him in a declaration of love that would go down in history like Romeo and Juliet. I imagine all four, to be quite honest. But which one do you think is the one? B. That sounds more yes. likely. Yeah. Woo! So what kind of person uproots themselves to move over a thousand miles closer to the person who just dumped them? Did she walk? No. So she <laughs> literally started... I would walk... Yeah. So... <laughs> She literally started renting a house four miles from where Travis lived. So creepy. Four it's so miles. Fucking creepy. After someone's just said, I shouldn't have you in my life anymore. You get okay. Yeah, and, and you live right in California and you move four That's miles so down the road. There's no excuse for that. Yeah. So I said it about someone else a few weeks ago and I'll say mm-hmm. it about Jody. She has more red flags than a fucking golf course. Yes, she does. So, and now she was closer to him. She would use this to her full advantage. Shame so. Being close to Travis full time without Chris and Sky watching her every move oh, no. meant that she could escalate her it's increasingly unstable behavior without anyone to rein her in. Mm-hmm. So she became a full on fucking stalker. That's gross. As if she job. wasn't enough of a stalker already. So yeah. she has a job. She works prepaid legal. No. She's still doing that. So she would show up at his house and peep through the window when he had girls over. She would take pictures. She even knocked at the door once when Travis had someone over and he had to chase her down the street. Wow. She slashed his tires multiple times. <gasps> she called in through the doggy door in his house and slept on his couch or waited naked in his bed for him to get home. That's so creepy. Yeah. And we're going to go a, into some of these incidents. He, he, yeah, I was going to say, did he ever call the police on that? Do we know specifics? I don't think so. Or was he, he just, just tried like, to deal with this it's not right so we'll we'll get into it because that's like a little summary we are going to go into some no 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 no. but we're just going to go into some deets okay so july 23rd 2007 which is mere weeks after she moved to mesa travis called one of his ex-girlfriends and asked her to check on his dog napoleon 
because he was away at a prepaid legal conference and he was like can you just go over and like feed my dog and so this girl Deanna is one of Travis's exes from before he dated Jodie and they've known each other for ages and they were just friends right so Travis's roommates weren't home and he needed someone to check on Napoleon so Mm. she went over there were no cars in the drive I for her Charlie she's fine okay okay that's good she's fine fine. so there were no cars in the drive and the door was locked so it looked like nobody was home right because if there's no car in the driveway jody's in the house (laughs) she's like on the bed or in the fridge just like eat me travis baptize me again you know (laughs) dunk me travis (laughs) (laughs) so diana was surprised to find the lights were on and the smell of freshly baked cookies in the house no 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 there was Jody just in the house like she belonged there Diana <laughs> said that not... without missing a beat Jody offered her cookies that she just wow. made wow yeah that's creepy. without missing a fucking beat that's two days later two days after this okay. Travis was on a date with a lady called Lisa Andrews and she's Mormon and the two were not having sex as no. per Mormon rules yeah. but he really fancied her because he doesn't care about whether he has sex or not apparently so he drove her home kissed yeah. her goodnight and went back to his house he okay. went back into his room and Jodie was kneeling inside his closet. What? Yep. She was, was in his closet. closet. Shut? Yeah. That's she was just in there. Weirder. So I can imagine he went to go get his pyjamas and just opened yeah. the closet door and she's there. Like, and your ex-girlfriend is in your closet. Yeah. Facing the wall like... <laughs> no, I don't think she was you? facing the wall. I think oh. she was just facing the door. Like, <laughs> oh, right. so I imagined with her back to the <laughs> no, door. No, no. He, he opens the door and she's like, ta-da. Hello. Baptize yeah. like, Surprise. <laughs> Baptize me with your socks. The thing is... At first, he was like, what the fuck? And then he was like, why don't you stay and we can have sex? Travis, I know. He just couldn't stop stop seeing her. But this is the thing that I was saying earlier. Is like, yeah, but he's making all these choices. Yeah, he is. He's a grown-up. Like, she's doing all this dumb, creepy shit, but he's (laughs) okay with it. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. He's kind of almost enabling it. He's fully enabling it. I didn't want to be mean. No, but like... If someone breaks into your house to make cookies and hide in your wardrobe, call the police. Yeah, exactly. Just don't be like, yeah, I'm going to dick you now. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't do you that. Be, Get out of my house, leave the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> leave the cookies. Oh my as long God. as she's not like spike them. So he still kept sleeping with her, although he was dating Lisa. But so he was now dating... Um, Hold on, that's really immoral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he was dating Lisa Andrews, but he was also having sex on the side with Jodie. So he was fully cheating on his nice little mum and girlfriend. So he wasn't in a sexual relationship with Lisa because she didn't want to stop being chased. That was important to her. But Travis was like, I still want to have sex. This is what Jodie's for. Mm, Yeah. So even if she was fucking nuts... He yeah, was like, I mean, that yeah. makes sense because she's so, available to him. Yeah, so later on, Lisa Andrews at the time told the court that her Mormon lifestyle meant that she... So she knew nothing about sex and how it worked. Because growing up like that, you don't get any sex education. Yeah. And it's so taboo. Especially nobody it's ta- forbidden. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's forbidden. Don't even fucking talk about it. Don't yeah. think about it. Don't, don't even... It. Don't... No. Nothing. Don't do it. Mormon. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you should just pray. Just, yeah. You're going to pray instead. Um... So she told court later that she actually got offended when Travis got an erection when he kissed her because she thought that it was something he could control. She didn't even know that physical arousal is an involuntary response. She didn't know that. So she got upset with him for that. (laughs) I mean, if that's all she knows. But this is what I mean. So her knowledge is about sex at this point is so limited. And Travis obviously has had a lot of sex. Yeah. And so, she's clearly not used to any physical interaction. Exactly. So, 
Yeah, so Travis, obviously, after having this, he's now dating her. Mm -hmm. He's not satisfied with this relationship. And it's like, he should have just been honest with Lisa and said, look, I want to have a sexual relationship, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to see Jodie instead. But he didn't. He was two-timing her. Which that's, is like real shady. Not it's not. It's not Just great. So, but also, yeah. if women like with this kind of sexual knowledge, with what Travis mm-hmm. had in his dating pool, yeah. you could kind of see why someone as sexually liberated as Jodie would be appealing, yeah, yeah, even sure. if she was a psychotic stalker. Yeah, she crawled in through his fucking dog door. I'm surprised she fit. Because those things can be tiny. I don't. I tried to find out what kind of dog Napoleon <laughs> was. I've tried to do it. <laughs> Uh, no. no, I tried to find out. I tried to find a picture of Napoleon, and I couldn't really find a picture of him. Do you know him. what breed of dog he is? No, I tried to find out, and I couldn't. Hmm. But it must have been Damn. a decent sized dog door for her to fit through. Yeah, like an Aussie. I just think it would be fucking hilarious if she'd got stuck and he came oh, home. For sure. That would have been like, the best fucking thing. Out, yeah, she's like, I can peak. explain. Baptize me, please. <laughs> I just love this. I, I do it. have to like. I cannot even imagine how I would ever end up in a situation like that. I wonder, I just, I have to, as I was writing this, yeah, so like, as I was writing this and researching it and putting it all down, like, on paper, I was thinking, like, I wonder if at any point during this she was questioning any of her life choices. It's weird that she never thought to just knock on the door and ask if she could come in. Because she just She'd wanted to just break in. But it's just like, I wonder if she was like crouched down, head through the dog door, one arm through, thinking, <laughs> wow, how the fuck did I end up here? Or like, am I getting jammed? Or like, was this a totally reasonable scenario all I the way through? I think this is normal for I her. I think for her, she thought that this was perfectly fine. I mean, she's, she's grown up with like kind of weird people. They're going to have their weird habits. But she's, it's just like she's gonna develop something. But it's just own. like the sense of yeah, yeah she's I'm inventive. As you said, do whatever she's inventive. Yeah, she'll go read in Tupperware, and now she's going through dog doors to like surprise her, not man. Yeah, someone else's man to go hide in a wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> so in December 2007, both Travis and his mom and girlfriend Lisa Andrews had their tires slashed. The person who God. did it was never caught, but both of them strongly suspected I it was think fucking Jody. The following day, Mm. Lisa received an email sent by John Doe. They also strongly suspected that this was from Jody. So the email was long and rambling and talked a lot about how Lisa was sinning by having sex with Travis. Long emails are the worst. Yeah, it kind of seems as though Jody wanted to make Lisa stop having sex with Travis so that she could be the only one to satisfy her sexual needs. So an excerpt from the email reads, quote, Mm -hmm. You are a shameful whore. (gasps) Your heavenly father must be very deeply ashamed of the whoredoms you've committed with that insidious man. If you let him stay in your bed one more time or even sleep under the same roof as him, you will be giving the appearance of evil. You are driving away the Holy Ghost and you are wasting your time. You are also compromising your salvation by breaking your baptismal covenants. Of all the commandments to break, committing acts of whoredom is the most displeasing in the eye of the Lord. You cannot be ashamed of yourself enough. You are filthy and you need to repent and become clean in the eyes of God. End quote. I have one thing to say to that. What's that? If she's half the Mormon she claims to be, she's an absolute hypocrite for it. Oh, massively so. Like, she has no place to say this. Yeah. So it's worth saying also, I couldn't find anything anywhere that said that Lisa and Travis actually had sex. I was thinking that. So he told, so Travis told Lisa that he was a virgin, which he was obviously not. So he was lying to her about that. Currently sleeping with Jodie while he dated Lisa. Mm -hmm. I know that they made out sometimes and she got topless with him, but I don't think they went all the way. But that didn't stop Jodie from 
were feeling entitled to him anyway. Oh, duh. It's February 2008, Travis and Lisa broke up. So Lisa had had all four of her tires slashed on the 11th of February, and it was very shortly after this that the pair ended things for good. That's so sad. According to his friends, this was because he knew he Mm -hmm. couldn't have a successful relationship with anyone else until he had sorted out the situation with Jodie. Yeah, and it's not going to sort itself out. But what did he do? stay with her he kept seeing her yeah he kept seeing her so he didn't he didn't want to marry her because so obviously like we said earlier travis wants to do the whole get married do the temple thing have a Mm. mom and family and kids and shit yeah but he was not willing to do that with jody because he didn't want to marry her because she wasn't a pure mormon girl but she was just about good enough to sleep with and to me i find that really hypocritical because like exactly like he's sleeping with her so he's doing just as much sinful stuff as she is but she's not pure enough to marry what about him Mm-hmm. I don't like Why is that. He an exception I don't that? like the inequality there. Mm-hmm. I don't like how that is. No, that's not okay. But anyway, in March they went on some trips together to multiple different states, like mm. a weird little road trip with your stalker. So yeah. I mean, he really couldn't have been that miserable with yeah. her coming around all the time because he invited her around all the, the time. He'd like she... call her up and be like, "Hey, yeah. come over for a booty call," all the time. Well, this was just a really unhealthy shit show. Essentially. Some people kind of weirdly enjoy unhealthy relationships. Yeah. And these you know two I mean? had a lot of chemistry, but they yeah. were not healthy for one another at exactly. all. Yeah. At all. Mm-hmm. So in either February or March 2008, I couldn't mm-hmm. find the exact date, but either the end of February or the beginning of March, cool. Travis won in 2008, I forgot to say, Travis went on a couple of dates with a girl called Marie Hall, who preferred to be called Mimi. Oh, which is really cute, cute. so they met at a mormon singles thing and although they enjoyed <laughs> each other's company yeah. mimi didn't think there was much of a spark so she wanted to just be friends although yeah. travis fancied her quite a bit so he told mimi that he had a stalker who slashed his tires and broke into his house oh, no. he didn't however tell her that he was fucking his stalker so he told her half truths he told her like he seems to tell that's... everybody a lot of no. half truths no, so yeah so he didn't tell her that he was in a sexual relationship with Jodie, although he was continuously mm-hmm. allowing her back into his life and in his bed. He didn't tell her that he would constantly message Jodie with all the filthy sexual ideas that he had that he wanted to do with her and all the little dirty names he had for her. Mm. This was all a secret. Jodie was definitely fucking unhinged, but he yeah, was not sure. willing to give her up. And by all this, I know it sounds like I'm just going off on Travis. I think Jodie is no. definitely doing some horrible fucking shit. I oh, just want to say right now, I don't like the hypocrisy that Travis is sort of doing. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah, but right. Jodie is massively in the wrong. Yeah, She should not be... Fo- she's she committing crimes by like stalking, damaging mm-hmm. property, breaking into people's houses. It's fucking horrific. It's awful. It's already horrific. She and we're awful. not even done yet. Yeah. So the first time that Travis and Mimi went out, Jodie spied on them and then went back to Travis's house while they were out on their date. Mm. She crawled in through the dog door again because she fucking <sighs> loves doing that. Sorry. And when Travis got home, he had sex with her. No. Yep. Shame on him. Shame. Just shame. Fuck it. No. So, that's not okay. So, on so many like levels. I said, Travis and Mimi remained friends, but he was still mm. hoping that he could change her mind about it. And also, I find this kind of weird. Like, that's if annoying. someone you're interested in says they yeah. just want to be friends, don't keep trying to sell a sexual relationship don't with them. Don't them into Yeah, just that. respect that that's person's really choice weird. that that's the relationship they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. If they're so, content with that, leave it Exactly. Be. So, he had a trip to Cancun with PPL coming up in a couple of months, and he mm. invited Mimi to be his plus one he was hoping that if he took her on a fancy trip to mexico she might want to fuck him i mean you can try so she agreed to go with him 
because it's a free trip to Mexico, but yeah. she made it clear that they were just friends and that was it. Mm-hmm. So she was saying, she I don't want to date you. I just want to be friends with you. So she yeah. set her boundaries, but Travis was like, I don't really respect them. I'm still going to try it on with you yeah, all the like, time. I'll, I'll push it and see yeah. if you'll eventually bend in with Give me. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. He was trying yeah. to make her give in. So at the beginning of April 2008, Jody met someone at a PPL convention called Ryan Burns. So he, like Travis when she met him, was seen as a rising star in the company. And she made a beeline straight for this guy and gave him her phone number. Oh, for sure. So yeah. he was also a Mormon. And Ryan later talked about how unusual Jody was. <laughs> so she was a very forward woman because she gave him her number first. And yeah. that is what made her, in Ryan's mind, to be sort of a seedy, slutty woman. She gave a guy her number. Yeah, it stands out. Yeah, but like this, this whole culture is very bizarre to me. It's like the gender roles are trapped in the dark ages. Mm-hmm. It really is, and I find it so weird and bizarre. Like she gave a guy a phone number, and that was like to that him. That was like, like oh my god. Yeah, because she close. was like, here's my number. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of weeks later, Travis found that all four of his tires were slashed again. He called Jody, who swore she didn't do it, but she said that she was suicidal and that she was going to kill herself if he didn't see her. So he cancelled really his plans to, like, and spent time with her. Pay to replace the tyres. She really needs... Yeah, she needs to, she's damaging a lot of property. Yeah. yeah. So a week after this event, Travis mm. was awoken at three in the morning from being alone oh. in his home oh, no, 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 by no. a sound downstairs. Oh, that's creepy as fuck. He went downstairs... It wasn't Napoleon. ...and Jody was vacuuming his carpet. Sophie just looks That's not even romantic. <laughs> it was sexy. just fucking weird. <laughs> like, no. That's, but yeah, can no. you imagine being sound asleep alone in your house at three yeah. in the morning? Yeah. And you wake up and you realise that someone is hoovering downstairs. <laughs> and you're alone. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the creepiest, it's, cringiest robber ever. It's just like the creepiest little ghost story. Like, and it's just like Jodie Arias just downstairs hoovering. Do like I hit them with a the bat? But it's just weird. It is weird. It's just really weird. And it's so illegal. And she really, keeps breaking into his fucking it's house. It's illegal and drastic way of attention-seeking. Like, he's going to come down and stop me because the thing I'm is, despite all these crimes and sex, things did yeah. not seem to be going well. Which, well, no, finally, things no. are not going well as Jody moved back to Wairika, California on the 24th of April, 2008. So she moved in with her grandparents and Travis stayed where he was in Mesa. Good. Obviously, even mm-hmm. though he wasn't dating Lisa anymore and she was not... Like, Jody was not content with being a friend with benefits. She was like, I want more from you oh, than this. Because no. once she's had all that, she'll want to Yeah, and it seems like at this point they've broken up. And Travis even helped Jody pay to move back to California. It seemed like he was really happy to be seen the back of her. <laughs> like, but this is in contrast finally. to all the constant hookups then, and sexual messages. And think of 82,000 fucking emails. So uh, well, on one hand, he's like, I'm going to pay for you to leave. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, he's calling her up like, I can't stop thinking about you fucking gotta you. gotta come back. Yeah. And it's Very like... Very mixed signals. You, you can't... Yeah. What? It's just... Just the, but this whole thing with? is so toxic. This mm-hmm. whole relationship is so fucked. Is. And at the beginning of May, things got even rockier between Travis and Jody. So you'd think she's moved away. This is done. Uh, it's not fucking back. done. So he tells her multiple times that he wants nothing to do with her. Wow. But he still keeps having phone sex with her and exchanging dirty messages. What? How is anyone... Okay, I get it, it's Jody Harris we're talking about. But how is anyone, you know, relatively normal supposed to interpret that? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't want to hear from you anymore. Hey, wanna wanna talk about banging? Like, you can't do both. You can't do both. Yeah, I think like any any sane person would be confused about that. Yeah, someone like Jody Arias, who is off her fucking rocker, yeah, is not going to interpret that. (laughs) She's got a rocker. She torched it down. She saw Travis's and was like, "You shouldn't have that." But it's just like, yeah. 
Uh, so on the 26th of May, he mm. sent her a text message that reads, quote, I'm nothing more than a dildo with a heartbeat. You are a sociopath. <laughs> you are the worst thing that ever happened to me. And a dildo with legs. So basically he's like, I feel like to you, I'm literally just a sex toy. You're yeah. a sociopath. I hate mm-hmm. you. Later that day, so, that's, so when she gets that message, no. later on that day, she called her ex Matt. So remember Matt, the guy from the, the trailer? No, the no, trailer? No, 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 no. The, tr- the, the vampire hunter's roommate in the trailer. Yes. Matt. Okay, yeah. So she called him and said okay. that she was going to be in town. Would it be okay if she stayed over? It was like a rebound. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> so he said it was fine and she would call him when she arrived. So remember this. Keep it in your fucking pocket. Okay, she's, right. She's, she's called him and she's like, I'm going to stay with you tonight. Right. So that. she also got in touch with Ryan Burns again the new guy from prepaid legal right Mm. and she said that she wanted to see him in person this time next week in fact she said she'd come to visit him in utah where he lived Mm. via la to visit a friend so i don't know if english people that are listening i don't know if i don't don't know what your state's geography is like so california is on like the west coast right la is further down still west still on the coast and Utah is going back north a bit and more central. Is it more in So it's kind of a bit like a wonky V shape. Okay. So she's California. Yeah. She's going down to LA to visit someone. Mm-hmm. And then the V is coming back up and she's yeah. going to Utah up here. Okay. So she's kind of got so she's like... she's got a halfway point set up. Yeah, but it's not... Re- it's kind of out of the way. She's going yeah. like blah, blah. Yeah, but... Rather than straight across. Um, but yeah, so she wants to do like a road trip thing. Um, she's going to visit a friend in LA and mm. she said that he could expect her on Wednesday the 4th of June. Okay. So two days later, she called Daryl. Remember Daryl, the guy with the kid? Yeah. The son. So the, she... The older the guy, yeah. Guy. So yeah. she called him multiple times that day trying to get his attention. And when he finally picked up, she asked him if she could borrow two gas canisters what? for her Why? car. So she was like, I want to have extra petrol for my car. And he it. was like, what do you want them for? And she got yeah. flustered and couldn't give him a straight answer. She's going to set some fires, I think. Maybe. So that same day... Donald Triad. That sa- so there's a lot <laughs> happening in this day. So that same day, there's a burglary at Jody's grandparents' house. Oh no. Bizarrely, mm. one item is taken from each room. We all know what that is. We all know what that is. So one item <laughs> is taken from each room because like I'm just saying if you don't know much about crime and you want to stage a burglary, you think I need to take a variety of items. So yeah. whoever did this, whoever did this, literally went into each room and just took one thing from each room. <laughs> I know, I know. So that's almost So cute. we've got a portable stereo, some nice. money, two mm-hmm. unnamed items that I couldn't find, and a twenty five caliber gun. Ooh. So, yeah, exciting. So Jody's yeah. grandparents called the police and reported the break-in. And they yeah. didn't have a clue. Because they're not going to know. Yeah, yeah, they didn't know who did it. Um, and, yeah, so the police were there and Jody got home. And she was like, oh, my God, what happened? <laughs> oh, it was me. <laughs> no, what happened? So on the 1st of June, she called Daryl again and asked again if she could borrow the gas cans. And he was like, why? And yeah. she was like, I'm going on a road trip. I suppose driving from California to Utah is a long way. I'm going to need extra gas. The thing is, there's lots of petrol stations on the way. So why not exactly. just go to a gas yeah. station and fill up your car? I'm like a normal person. Yeah, I know. Why bring other people um, to it as well? Yeah, but sh- he was like, yeah, I guess so. That's fine. Come and get them at some point. People need to block her number. I know. Later that night, yeah. Travis had a feeling that Jody had been in his Facebook account again and even his online bank accounts. Ooh, so he texts Jody and he was like, stay out of my fucking life. Mm. However, late that night between 1 and 4 a.m., oh, Jody God, and Travis no. spoke on the phone multiple times. We don't know the content of these calls. Mm. 
Yeah. The following morning, around 8am, so I know that I've given you a few days in a row here with lots going on, Jodie rented a white Ford Focus. The guy who rented the car to her thinks that Jodie was with a guy? Yeah. And he offered her a red car initially. Yeah. And she said that she wanted something else, a lighter colour because it would draw less attention. Which is not a no, weird thing to say that's at all. Definitely not a red flag. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the car was literally a red flag, and she was like, "I don't want that. Yeah, it's, I want it's a big too red. Flag. <laughs> I want like a metaphorical red flag, not a real one." Um, no, I mean it's a red flag for the guy selling the car. Yeah, to red. I know. I was yeah. also going along with it. Oh, yeah. I was trying to be funny. Um, so later that anyway, uh, later that night, <laughs> so she arrived at Matt's house as yeah. planned, and she spent the night at his place. And he lived in Monterey, which is six hours south. So is he still in the trailer? No, he's not in the is trailer anymore. I don't think. I think north. yeah, he's cool. a bit more grown up, and he lives somewhere with like an actual floor. Um, the next morning, on the third of June, she left Matt's place and drove to Daryl's, where she picked up the gas cans. Mm. And she said that she was going to LA to visit his sister, who'd just given birth to a new baby, and then carrying mm. on to Utah. No. And it's a hell of a road trip, so no wonder she wanted to make sure she had enough gas. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's kind of weird. So yeah, I'm going to see your niece. It's just yeah. been born. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. I don't so like that. somewhere between 10.30 a.m. that day and 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Jodie mm-hmm. stopped at a public bathroom and dyed her blonde hair brown. You so know, she stopped you know who that at somewhere that's of? not her house to change her appearance. Reminds me of I was just thinking that. Yep. It's suspicious. It's suspicious. So she took a couple of selfies at a Walmart parking lot. She got all the yeah. way to Pasadena by half eight that night and brought a strawberry frappuccino from a Starbucks. That's fun. She Never had two calls with Travis and she also called Ryan Burns. She said mm. to Ryan that she'd be at his place in Utah tomorrow around midday. Right. But she never made that meeting. And instead, mm. she arrived a whole day later. He couldn't even contact her on her cell phone to find out where she was. That's a first. Nobody, yeah, I fucking that's know, right? Suspicious. That's That's I weird. Like that. So nobody heard from Jodie until the 5th of June, when she finally showed up at Ryan's place after being missing for 24 hours. That's really suspicious in itself. It's fucking weird. I, I don't like that. Yeah, and the next time anyone saw Travis Alexander, he would be dead. Oh. And that's where we're going to leave this story until next time. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, I'm serious. How dare you? My legs are numb. You've been sat down. Same spot. I need to know more. Now. No. Yes. No. Yes. This is the first half. No, we're gonna do part two that. next week. No, yeah, no, 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 part no, two. no, no. We're recording it now. No, we're not because Why look, not? this is the end of. She tells no lies. There's, that's there's the end of it. That's the end of her script. Page. That's just the rest of a blank page. This. Fuck Jody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck Jody. Besides all this shit, I can. So I, can I wanted to. Well, I was originally actually going to do this in one part. Yeah, but I realized as I was writing it that I don't want to. Mm. I don't want to rush it. I don't want to skip bits. I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to tell it properly. And I feel yeah, like definitely. I've got enough background information and setup yeah. to the first half so that next week we'll talk about Travis's death and we'll talk about the trial and everything mm-hmm. that happened afterwards and we'll spend some real proper time on it. Yeah, we've got a lovely foundation of context here. And I think a, so. A nice I think so. But yeah, I wanted you to know who they were mm, and what their sure. relationship was like. No, that helps. Yeah. That anyway, so that's... That's it for this week. Part one. Part yeah. one. Um, we'll be finishing it off next time. And I'm going to finish it next time. It's not going to be three parts. No. It is just going to be two because cool. I can tell where I've left it that it's going to be two. Um, but yeah, I hope that you learned something new about this case. I hope you learned something that you didn't know before. Um, if you didn't learn anything new and you already knew it anyway, I hope that you liked the way I told it. Mm, I um, and yeah, what's the, what's the lesson from this one? If somebody breaks into your house... Don't sleep with don't them. Don't sleep with them. <laughs> just... Call the police and 
Don't or just, you know what, even in a more general note, if somebody treats yeah. you badly, yeah. don't keep things going. Don't feel obliged to stay with them either. Yeah, exactly. You're allowed to leave that relationship. Yeah, set, if you set a boundary, yeah, you do keep it. that boundary, you enforce it, there is nothing wrong with that. Because the second you let that down, they will just go for anything They else. will walk all over you. Yeah, yeah. don't do, don't let a Jodi Arias into your life. Don't no. do it. You and if you do them. let them in, kick them out. Yeah, now is the time to And nail your dog door shut. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't right. Do you have anything that you want to like add? Anything you want to talk about mm. at the end? Because I don't think so. Oh, we we reached ten thousand downloads, ten k, which downloads. was really cool because that was yeah. a bit of a landmark that I've been waiting for. Was that like was 10, a milestone I've been waiting on. No, at the moment we're on ten thousand one hundred and something. Ooh. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we hit we hit ten k a few days ago, and I was very happy was considering amazing. we've been doing this for less than a year. And yeah. apart from posting on Instagram, we don't really market it that much. We don't. No. I feel like I the fact that low-key. we've been listened to ten thousand times is a huge fucking honor. It's amazing because I find it bizarre like, how that people is. Yeah, like, the fact that people keep wanting to listen to us talk about this stuff, it's like, this is really cool, and I'm really glad that people are enjoying it, because when I first started, like, when I first had this idea, and I said to Sophie, Mm -hmm. I fully thought that this would just basically be, like, our mom and Karis. And I thought that those two people would be (laughs) it. And I was fine with that, Mm -hmm. but having 10,000 downloads is is pretty amazing, and I'm really happy about it. people's phones that we don't know. Yeah, we have like and followers and subscribers and stuff yeah. and it's, oh, I love it. Our right, anyway, but yeah, so thank cute. you so much for listening to us and I really hope that yeah. you have many more nice episodes with us that you yeah. enjoy and I hope that us. we keep making things that you like. And um, but yeah, so thanks. And yeah, thank you, right, should we sign off and yeah, get something off. to eat? Because yeah. once again, I've not eaten much today and now it's kind of oh. getting late and I'm starving. <laughs> right, no. so good night. Have mm. good day. Good day. <laughs> I said good, good day. Night. Good day. <laughs> um, and yeah, have a fabulous rest of your whatever you're doing. Yeah, um, have a good time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.